Hello and welcome to the Dean Out Pod, I mean the Potters Podcast. Well, we played Middlesbrough, it was shocking, we had 15 minutes where we looked like Brazil and then it was just all Middlesbrough. How did we not lose that game 8-0, Angela? Well, as if you do remember, hello everybody that's listening, wherever you are in the world, I did predict this No, you didn't. Right, and you had no, you to didn't. win this match. So, um, listen, for 15 minutes we were world beaters, right? It, we controlled the midfield. I mean, we were, I say world beaters, probably a little bit over the top because we didn't look like scoring and we didn't challenge their keeper. But we were playing the ball backwards, sideways around. We looked really comfortable. And then they got through. They had one attack. OK, the goal was deflected. And then it was like, uh, not flip-flops time. It was, let's just look at our shoes all the time and not put in a great deal of, um, I wouldn't say effort, but there wasn't the the endeavour that I had hoped for. It was a very poor performance. So... Um, I'll leave you to start off with your ratings. Of course, you've got a problem this weekend, haven't you? Because um, whilst I know you're going to say the reason we lost is the mighty Wilmot not playing, you cannot really now give him a 10, can you? No, no, I can't. There's going to be no 10s. <laughs> <That's, laughs> there's no 10s in this. I mean, to be honest, whoever's going to be man of the match is going to be scraping a 6. So it shows you how well I'm going to do that. So now you've introduced him, we'll go straight in with Joe Basic, who reminded me of a leaping salmon. I thought he reminded me of a, a slightly inferior Bonham yesterday. I didn't think he had his best match. Um, and I've said for a while that I still think Stoke need a goalkeeper. There's no doubt in my mind Bersic will be a better goalkeeper than Bonham eventually. But I don't think he's ready at the moment. And he's getting a five. Um, he's getting a three from me. Uh, I think... To be honest, like I say, he reminded me of Leaping Salmon. He was jumping everywhere, nowhere near the ball half the time. Fair enough, he was hit by two deflections, which the first one was very, very fortunate, I've got to be honest. But he didn't have a good game at all, did he, Bersic? He wasn't shouting. His passing style, which is normally what I give him credit for, was a bit dodgy as well. Right at the end of the first half, when he passed it to a Middlesbrough player, he had a bad game. I think the pressure is on him now, because he knows he's got to... He's got to start showing that he's not just a quality young player, that he can be a good professional player. And that yeah. hits a lot of people. I've said it right from the, basically the beginning that I thought we needed a good a new goalkeeper. I didn't really 100% fit behind Davies. I thought Berzik's not quite ready yet. I think a very big priority next season is a good number one. What about Jack Button? Would you take him back? Um... Have you been drinking? I know you say you don't, but have you been drinking? No, 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 but he, no, his contract's at Palace. I, I think we got rid of him too late, but that's that's life. And, and I don't wish him, you know, anything but um, but good fortune. But no, I, I, I would, if I was looking for a goalkeeper, I'd look for the one that Man City have, who's out on loan at the moment. Gavin Bazuni. Well, we'll talk about him later on in the podcast, because I think his contract's up at City. But right, we're moving now to, for me, a player that the quicker the quicker he goes, the better. And that is, and somebody this week said we've got to keep hold of him. He's our most consistent player. They clearly don't watch him, and that's Tommy Smith. Hmm. Now, I thought Tommy Smith, look, none of, none of the team, in very few of the team, in my opinion, are worthy of, of five or above. Uh, some I'm struggling to give five for. I thought Tommy Smith played better when he was back in his own position, you know, when he changed it in the second half. He does some good work going forward, but his crosses aren't really great for me. Um, 
wouldn't want him to stay, um, but I won't. I won't be surprised if he does. I think he's quite a weak link over the season, and I'm going to give him a five-two. And you're probably not going to give him any. I'm not giving him anywhere near a five. He's having a three from me. Tommy Smith I thought he was poor. His crosses made no sense. They were behind in front. His crossing was terrible. Yeah. It absolutely pathetic. And he's supposed to be a wing back. And I'm sorry, wing backs in the new role, the new modern system, the way Michael O'Neill plays. You've got to be good at putting balls in. And yesterday, he was caught out of possession so many times. It was his fault for the free kick that conceded the goal. And he didn't even mark his man when that free kick came in for the goal. Paul, he was marking... I mean, the thing what annoys me, he's 30 years of age and he was up against a teenager and the teenager made him look like he was a schoolboy. That's yeah. how poor he was yesterday, Tommy Smith. And for me, the quicker he goes, the better. If we want... Wing back. If we want to play a system, he was brought in by Nathan Jones, who, who very heavily relies on wing backs for the way of playing. He's not good enough for that role. Not even in the championship. If you want, if you, he, for me now, he's looking like a relegation, threatened promotion side or a League One player. Not good enough. Hasn't been since he come in. He can show good qualities, but he can't defend, and now he can't cross. So for me, done. Bye bye. Right. Okay. Thank you. Right, now we move into Josh Tymon. Yeah, um, I think Josh Tymon was just in one of his running about moods yesterday. It, there was nothing really, there wasn't anything really productive from Stoke after the first 15 minutes. Uh, you'll get a five from me too. Not Listen, it was just the same um, as everybody else, average at best. Three from me, and I'm going to go in with another... Time and masterpiece of walking round with his mouth open. Another masterpiece from Tymon, one of the best actually of this season, where he was walking round with his mouth open. I think he made four passes during the game. Apart from that first 15 minutes, I forgot he was on the pitch. Again, no link-up play, no effort really to move forward. I can't really remember any crosses coming in from him. It was a poor display. And quicker we get Dowerty fit and ready to go in that position, we're probably going to be better off. Because everything yeah, hearing from Cardiff, he's a better player. I don't really know yeah. how we'd loan Dowerty out. And for me now, maybe it's time for him next season to start because quicker, faster, and he's better across with the ball. Right, that's the end of him. Right. Uh, now, this lad I felt really sorry for, and it's Will Forrester. Yeah, um, well, he was hooked at half-time because of the change of the formation, is what was said. Um I didn't think he did bad. I didn't think he was great. Again, it's just another beige match, five. Uh, I'll go in with a four for Forrester, because I felt sorry for him. He didn't really do a lot wrong. He didn't do a lot right either. Um, I think, he, to be honest, he looked like a rabbit in the headlights the first half. Yeah. I think he was struggling to keep up with it. And... It's sort of the last couple of times I've seen him play now, he has started turning on him a bit, really. I think he yeah, needs a loan he's, spell. He's, um, I think the home match, when he played at home, the last home match, and he was taken off, I think he looked a bit nervy at the start, and maybe just maybe that's played on his mind. Um, it's a big ask when you've started your first ever match and scored a goal when he did the last match of the previous season. Um, Maybe where expectations are a little bit too much, but I would agree with you for that. Yeah, I think he he, he needs a loan spell, a good one this time, where he plays regular football, like what's happened with Taylor, Taylor with yeah. 
Joey Barton. Right, so now we move into, for me, probably probably the worst player on the pitch, in my opinion, which was Phil Jagielka. You're joking. No, I'm joking. I am joking. I just want to see your reaction. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I might have to get you to spectate me. Um, well done. A little joke from Ian. Obviously, we're not going to leak a juice. Um, I am going to say that Fig ja- Fig. Phil Jagielka I agree with you. He's going to get a seven from me. I thought he was probably nobody on that pitch deserved a seven in a Stoke shirt. He, he did. He, he did. Okay. He, he was the only one who looked like having any efforts after the second goal went in. Yeah. Not the best of games, obviously, but to me, he was the only one. Who, like you've said, he's the only one who was going to score a goal. And defensively, he didn't do a foot wrong. You know, everything he did was right. He's he was he was trying to g us up. When we literally fell apart, the team had given up basically, but he hadn't, and he fought all the way till the end. And to be honest, we want for Jaggy Elk yesterday. Like I said at the start of the pod, I think that could have been eight 0 We were absolutely woeful, and for me, he kept us in that game, so he gets man of the match for me. Okay. Right. So now we move on to Harwood Bellish. Yeah. Um, another beige game yesterday. Five. Um, I'm going to go over another four. Um, I liked how he was known as Harvard Balish um, <laughs> on the Saturday public list when I was listening to the uh, <laughs> BBC <laughs> talk. I thought that was a great name. Yeah, <laughs> and I bet well, he loved I mean, it. You have to have a foreigner in your team. <laughs> uh, he tried passes up the pitch, was failing miserably at it, I've got to be honest. Um and he, he couldn't even hide properly. That's how bad it was because they were constantly the ball was being played near him. You could see it was a game he wasn't into. As soon as we went 2-0 down, he sort of gave up. Tools went down. But at least he was trying to pass the ball forward. No one else was. So he gets a four from me. Right, now we go into, for me, probably, probably the worst player on the pitch. And that was Joe Allen. Really? You see, I've got one who I thought was worse than that, but I'm not going to tell you who that is until we get round. Oh, his partner was close. Um, I thought Joe Allen had a pretty poor game by Joe Allen's standard since he's come back from his injury. And, of course, a lot of people will say, oh, now he's been offered a new contract from Stoke. Well, I don't know whether he has or not, but that's what people will say. He doesn't care. I thought, I didn't think he played very well, and I'm giving him a four. Uh, he gets a two from me. Joe Allen, I thought he was woeful yesterday. He's he kept making sloppy moments with the ball. He kept he kept falling apart on the ball. He kept giving the ball away. He kept getting overrun all the time, which he hasn't been doing now for about two months. It, it, when people say that about his contract, this is the player that we've been seeing since the relegation. A player that can go sloppy and, and poor. Yesterday he just kept losing the ball all the time. He he it was pathetic really watching him. From an experienced pro, who's on fifty grand a week, you know, no, I was, I was really angry with him yesterday. And to be honest, he, uh, no, no, that's it. I'll go because I'll swear otherwise. Right, let's go into Lewis Baker. So it was the worst game I've seen Lewis Baker have in a Stoke shirt, um, compounded by the fact he scored a brilliant header into his own net. Um, look, 
he, he had a situation as well when he went up the other end and he, he tried to cross the ball. It, the defender def, defended it okay and he hit Baker and went out for a goal kick. It was just one of those days for him yesterday. Uh, I thought he was really, really poor. Three. A three with me as well. A fantastic own goal. Kept getting overrun. Possession was nowhere to be seen. Again, a, a, again another disjointed performance from midfield, which is why we lost. This is the problem with the consistency of our midfield. Recently, they've actually been doing all right. They've been playing well, especially Joel. Joel and Lewis has been hit and miss, as we well know. But Baker yesterday, he might, he might as well not been playing, really, for how poor he Yeah, it just didn't work for him yesterday. Right, so now we're going to, apparently, the Zidane of the Championship remains Sawyer's. Right, well, um, I don't know which Zidane. It wouldn't have been Zinedine. Um, I didn't think he was very good at all yesterday. He can. He's one of these players who's very frustrating for me. He can hit a pass and you think, wow, what a pass. And then two minutes later, he's standing and he allows people to take the ball off him. Everybody else on the pitch is seeing is coming behind him. I just... Look, I've said it so many times, I think his legs have gone. I think he's an outstanding pass at the ball when he's got loads of time. You don't have loads of time in the championship. I didn't think he was any good at all yesterday. He's getting a four. He uh, gets a three from me as well. I thought he was poor again. Again, all the midfielders yesterday couldn't seem to handle Middlesbrough running at them. They kept conceding the ball. I think Sawyer's was a bad case of this. And... He had no link up with Philogene Bidace, who was playing just in front of him. No sort of link up with Baker or Allen. They, they, they all look like lost sheep out there, to be fair. Which which shouldn't be like that when, when we've got so-called two leaders in the making there. and Well, one is the leader and one's in the making in Baker and Allen. But they seem like lost sheep running around headless. Sawyer's yesterday was just giving the ball away. It real keep out. All it took was a pass and we were away. And he, he kept losing the ball. And for me, the quicker he goes back to West Brom, the absolute better. We don't want Zidane in the Championship, as Mark Pedrick says. We want quality. And that lad hasn't got it consistently. Right, there we go. Let's move in. Let's move in now to Philippe Jean Badass, as he was well known on Radio Stoke um, this weekend. Yes, or, or um, I mean, there's lots of versions of his name going around at the moment. It was the poorest game he'd had. Uh, he tried to sort of roam across all parts of the forward line. He started in the centre, then out left, then wide right. I thought he was completely ineffective. Um, having said that, they didn't really have much to feed on, and he's getting a 3 2. Uh, he's getting a two from me, Phil Jean Bidace. I thought he was completely out of the game. He reminded me of Ralph Phillips a while ago, I think, against. Who was it now? I can't think who it was against, but he, he just completely... Again, it was a part of a really disjointed poor midfield. They just yeah. couldn't link up with anything or get anything kicked or moving at all. Very poor game. He, he didn't get involved really in anything. And, and to be honest, to be, I don't know if he's ready yet for this, Philogene. You can see he's got quality there, but I don't think would he's... Would you have him back? I probably would on another loan, but... Why? Because... We have seen the quality that is in him, but with the misfortuned injury, which has knocked him out for most of it, the, you know, with maybe a full pre-season, way with working with the manager through a pre-season might yeah. 
might get him fully up for here, what's coming on. But we need to get his legs ready for it because he hasn't really played football, has he, till he's come here. So another yeah. season might give him that bit of strength. But, you know, he has been a bit of a damp square banty, let's be honest. Right. Yes, he does. Yes, so let's move into Jacob Brown. Jacob Brown had uh, one pass to him of any note. It was one he tried to head. He, the, the ball was slightly to the side of him anyway. It was more difficult um, than a lot of people think, I thought. Um, it wasn't his best day. He was feeding off scraps. He never stopped running. I'm giving him a six. A six? Yeah. Wow. I'm giving him a two. Oh, God. Ian, you are, you're in one of your depressed modes. <laughs> I'd she fell for it. Right, I'm going in with I'm going in with a four for Brown because I've thought... gone right off you. I don't like you when you go sense of humour. <laughs> uh, four, I, I thought he was he had nothing, did he? Like, let's be brutally honest. Was, he had nothing to do. The ball, the midfield let him down. The well, we say wing backs men with the mouths open. They weren't bringing any service to him as well. It was an all-round bad game. Brown was running around trying to get things working. I tell you what, it reminded me of a Walters performance against Chelsea where we were getting absolutely battered, but he was still running around trying to keep the ball and keep us going. <laughs> and, and that's what it was yesterday. It, it, just just not good enough at all for me. And it's not Brown's fault, which is why he gets a four, but there's not many who are going to get over a five for that performance. Right, so now we go to the substitutes and... Powell for Forrester. Um, listen, a lot of his passes were wayward yesterday, and that's probably because he hasn't played much. Um, he scored. He didn't. Didn't. Uh, he, he just scored. He tried. He ran around a bit. He scored, and because he scored, I'm still giving him a six. Uh, a five for Powell yesterday. No, I'll give him a six because he did score. He scored yeah. a goal. That's about as far as I can go. His passing was poor. He's, he looked rusty, which obviously will be after coming back from injury again. Um, but it's, to be fair, he was he was in the right place for the goal. Got his foot to it before the goalkeeper did. So he'll get a six from me, which is really bad that a substitute is getting higher marks than people who played for 90 minutes. Well, you normally aren't allowed to give the substitute more than the two. Well, you no, know, it's always a five unless they mm. score or do something magical. Now it's a five unless they score. He scored, so he changed you the rules. No, no. I bet you're vile to play Monopoly again. No, you know the rules. Right, Fletcher for Philogene Badace. Well, I did say yesterday that I thought he did a couple of nice flicks, uh... He's not the Fletcher that we had last season. I think he's playing his last few minutes in Stoke kit. I really thought he was poor, and he's getting a three. Uh, I'm going to go over one for Fletcher. Um, he did nothing, to be honest. He had, he had for you know, he came on the 46 minutes. You, you know, you expect him to get involved in the game or, or yeah. try and head something and flick something, get Brown away or something like that. Yesterday. He was close second to time and for walking around with his mouth open. He, he was nowhere near involved in the game enough. And it was a completely pointless substitute as well, in my opinion. It, you know, the, the to be honest, when you look at Wright Phillips, why not bring him on, bring a bit of energy into it? He might get a bit of luck and have a dribble that gets us through. But bringing Fletcher on, he's finished for me at this level. We, we've known that all season. 
Yeah. And it was just a stupid substitution for me, that was. And it, speak of a one, here's another one, Verancic for Baker. Um, so I'm assuming from what you said that you wouldn't re-sign Powell. No. Right. Well, I think Vrancic came on after about 70 minutes and he made a couple of uh, good runs into their box. And in fact, I think he made the half chance for, for Brown and, the, and, and, and then the goal that uh, Powell scored. So I'm giving him a six. Yeah, I'm following it up. It's actually the best performance from Vrancic I've seen for a while, to be honest. Um, he, looked, he, he looked a bit of his old self, clever balls, clever runs as well and of course got an assist which helps a lot yeah he did alright coming on but he's still, I'd still let him go when his contract's up that's that's just my opinion okay. right substitutes weren't used Bonham Chester again <laughs> Klukas and right Felix so now we go in with an overall match what are you going to put in for a rating two I'm going to go for one that's we move on from that now referee what do we think there um, I thought he was, look, I think all the referees that we've had this season, with the exception of a couple, have been really poor. And I didn't think he was very, he was just beige, ref, I've got beige on my mind today, he's getting a five. Uh, four, just don't like the man. Um, just, <laughs> again, again, a typical championship ref, just stopping everything all the time. He didn't really make a major howly from what I remember so he just gets slightly low for not letting the play run and I thought I thought to be honest he had a Middlesbrough top on under his, under his shirt as well because he seemed to let them get away with a lot more than we did right so now we're going to the new feature Dean Holden rating yeah it's um, it's a feature that I hope everybody enjoys in the short time it will be alive listen I'll give him his credit that he tried to change things Um a lot of people will say he didn't really have much to do with the team. I can say that he had everything to do with the team because Michael O'Neill was sitting with the coach family and had nothing to do with the team and wasn't calling down every two minutes. I, I think he was very... When I spoke to him post-match, it was quite clear he was really very unhappy with things. Um, but, you know, everybody talks, yourself included, I think, about people running around... Uh, getting all emotional, not having their hands in the pocket like Michael O'Neill. Well, Dean Holden doesn't shout a great deal. He, he points to where he wants the, the people to go. But for me, in no more than a six. Uh, he gets a four from me. Um, Why? I didn't like his changes. You, you mentioned he needs credit for his changes. He deserves credit for his changes if they majorly change the game. Okay. And I thought that both subs... Didn't really do anything. I thought they actually weakened us. I think Fletcher coming into the fray actually made us look a bit... Made us look very, very... Be well, you, word of the day, beige. We, we were not attacking, not creating anything. For me, I would have put Wright Phillips on and tried to open the game out a bit, use a bit of pace. We know Wright Phillips is hit and miss, but we know he's got pace to burn and bringing on an old man that, you know, knows himself he's going, knows he's got no future here for that amount of time. I just thought it was a... Bad decision. At this moment in time, Fletcher is a man you bring on the 87th minute to burn down the clock. Not on the 46th minute. It, it just it just didn't work. Yeah. I thought Nick Powell worked just through Nuka Kruk and it was a lucky chance. But to be fair, he did pick up a bit with Vranchich. I thought that was well-timed. But no, 
I thought, I did, I, to be honest, this feature won't last long. So <laughs> it's a it's a four, and he's looking at that to it for me for that performance because we were poor, very poor yesterday. The worrying thing for me was that um, we had more possession. You know, you look at the stats of the game; we had more possession. But honestly, we are we are we just don't create enough chances. And I know you're going to come on to talking about um, previous strikers and and how a how they've done and how galling it is. I mean, you're going to talk about what now has become known as the fiery storage. Storage, sorry. I, I, I just... When you look at, at, at the stats for Stoke yesterday, we had 58% possession for their 42. We had one corner kick in the whole of the match, right? We had three shots on target. You know, it, it's just... It bears no resemblance to what should be when you've got that much... Possession, I, I, it worries me a bit. And you can have all the possession in the world, but if you don't get the ball to the strikers, they ain't going to score, are they? Well, this this is the thing that I've been saying now for a while, and I do feel sorry for a lot of the strikers we've had, a phobie, because every time they've gone out on loan, they've actually hit 10+. plus. Yeah, but Ian, that's because they've played in the correct way. Well, this is the if thing you, that I'm saying. Pass, look, as much as I didn't want us to get a phobie, if whenever he got the through ball to run onto, he scored, and that's what will happen wherever he's playing. He will score if you get put through balls. He will score. But we didn't play him like that. He was a lone bloke that was had to head the ball down and then run after his own shots. Yeah, it's, it's like I said. The problem, the problem is with us until we start realizing how how transfers work in the modern system. Because it doesn't matter who the manager is. It doesn't matter who the striker is. You know. If we had a stats-based analyst who, who said, right, Gary, what do you want Bennett to do? He'd sit there and go, well, I want him to be like Dave Nugent that I had at Derby, knock the ball on, feed this, feed that. That analyst would go, well, don't buy Bennett a phobie then. But, yeah, we de- but, we, but we haven't got anybody doing that, so we can't no. discuss this. But the problem is with us at the moment, we've got so many of the same type of midfielders at our club that... What do you do to change things around? They're all the same player. They're because we've been trying to get holding midfielders and central midfielders for so long. We've got a team of kind of defensive-minded midfielders. We've got nobody who can pick a pass apart from Vrancic when he's in form. You've got Nick Powell, who, who we know can be like a a sort of centre forward, but a bit deeper. And but he's not exactly what you'd call a very creative player when you talk about passing wise. We've we've got a team we've got a team of the exact same player, and like when Mick comes out and makes a fool of himself saying Zinedine Zidane of the Championship remains Sawyer's. Remain Sawyer's is like you've said before, if he's got plenty he'd be, be I tell you what, he'd be amazing at Juventus, Remain Sawyer's. You give him loads of time, he'll he, yeah. he looks like Pirlo. But you don't get that in the championship, and you don't get that kind. We need a player that's going to pick us up by the scruff of the neck and get us through, like Liam Lawrence did back when we got promoted the years before. But we haven't got those players. But you're talking about we haven't got those players, right? Middlesbrough yesterday, they're seventh. Obviously, if they win the last match and somebody else loses, they'll get in the playoffs. I looked at that team yesterday, and in that team, there was nobody. And I mean nobody that I would have said, wow, I'd like them in their our team instead of so-and-so. Yeah, they got Watmore and Tavernier, but we've got better players than that. 
but when you look at their team yesterday, and I wouldn't have swapped players, the difference was they've got battle-hardened players who know how to work in this championship. I mean, you've got Alisson around the midfield, and then you, you looped up front and you've got Matt Crooks, right? He's, he's been, I think he's been suspended about five or six times this season because he's got stuck in, he's got sharp edges, he keeps going for everything, and he has the knacker, but there's nothing great about the way he plays, but he gets in the area and he wins the ball and he scores. And we haven't got a player like that. And for all the people that don't like Madger, and I'm not 100% sold on him myself yet, because he hasn't scored. We missed his link-up play with Brown yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it is, but it, it comes down to... Chris Wilder's got a very easy way of playing, so he should say, because he has one way of playing, which is knock the ball up and avoid midfield if can, but if, if you need to use it, use it. It's very simple, whereas we've got a very... A complicated way of playing, which means you have to have creative midfielders because we haven't got wingers. So yeah. it's difficult to get that kind of quality in the championship because you're yeah. asking you're asking Lewis Baker to be Pirlo, to pick the ball up from deep and pick little pinging balls that get our forwards away. We haven't got them players and we haven't got a, a right wing back that can bomb up the pitch, put balls in, then get back defend if we lose the ball. We haven't got them. We'd nearly had him if Nathan Jones had got what he wanted with James Justin and that other lad, Jack Stacey, but we didn't want pay. So we ended up yeah. with Tommy Smith and Josh Tymon, who basically was signed two years before as this brilliant young player. The problem is why, why it's difficult for us is that you look at Chris Wilder and the way he plays, it's very, very simple. And even an average player can play easy to that system. That's why all players under Pulis did it, like Cresswell and... Leon Court and other other players, Daryl Russell even. These players were average players, but because they worked in his system, they shone. Dean Whitehead was one. I had no ability on the ball, but he could. He got stuck in and, and knew what, yeah. knew that role he needed to do. Same as Glenn Whelan. We, we found out later with Mark Hughes, Glenn Whelan did have a bit more quality on the ball than we thought. But the problem yeah. is, with the complicated way we're trying to play, you've got to have the players and they've got to be consistent. Otherwise, you'll go win, lose, win, win, lose, lose. And that's what's happened to us. And Dean Olden, before the game, came out and said, we need to fix the inconsistencies. We're going to try and get this player and that player because we're playing this system. Unless you buy top quality wing backs for this system, you are never getting promoted. Simple as that. Yeah, I agree. And but when you, when, when you look at, um, like, Powell moved up front yesterday and... and well, not move up front. He played more attacking as the game went on. If you play Powell as a target man, which some people are saying we should play him as a target man, uh, I don't. Firstly, I don't think he's a target man. But then who's going to move into the spaces that that Powell moves into to create for whoever's playing? We need we need two decent forwards, and the only way we're going to get them is pay money for them. Well, I think the striker. I, I think our strikers will score goals. Josh Madger, we know, is lethal. We've seen him with his. Le- I mean, he's. I think in his first two seasons at Sunderland, he hit twenty odd goals. I know. I know half that was Championship and a bit of that was League One, but he scored a lot of goals and he can score goals. I know from looking at the way he moves, he can score goals. 
The problem is we, we've got a way of playing that I keep going back to, which is why I do sit on the fence when it comes to Michael O'Neill, because we're playing too complicated. We've got a system that's too complicated for this division. You've just got to grind out wins. And the problem is with the way we play, you can link up as much as you want. It'll work in one game and it won't work in another because you're playing against completely different teams. Like when you're in the Prem, it's all right to play like that because you'll, you'll pick up enough points to stay mid-table. But we're trying to get promoted and we haven't got the money to go and buy two top quality wing-backs. I think we need a, a quality cam instead of Nick Powell. Maybe use Nick Powell as a spare or forward now and again if, we, if we're up against a, a very good defence. But for me, Madge will score goals and we know Jacob Brown can. If he gets more chances, how many goals will he score? Yeah, absolutely. But, but we still need an extra striker, Ian. We still need another player. If Magic comes or if Magic comes and you've still got Brown, we still need another striker because I'm assuming you'll come on to the talk about uh, Tyrese Campbell now. Of course, there's theories going around as to, to why he, why he's not going to be around for the rest of the season. Well, basically, he's hurt his knee. It's nothing serious, but he's hurt his knee again. And let's be honest, he hasn't fired on all cylinders this season. I don't think he's anywhere near as fit as, as the club would like him to be. But when you've had an injury like he's had, it takes time to come back. Yeah, I agree with, with Tyrus Campbell. But the thing is with Campbell, we don't play the same system as when he was in form, which is a shame, really. Because um, that was when my Clodial had that little phase of, of having wingers. Um, second half of games or whatever. He could remember he used to try he used to put Campbell on the right and I can't remember on the left now from last season. And it worked for Campbell. He started thriving in, moving on onto his left foot and scored goals, but we're not playing that system anymore. So Campbell no. does look a bit like a lost sheep at times when we're putting him in. He's got a great goal per game ratio for how long he's been fit and for how long he's been back from his injury. But for me, when you say we need a new striker, I think we've got him there in Campbell. I think we've got I think we do need another to replace Fletcher when he goes. Um, but other than that, I think we, I think we are all right up there. We just need to save them. That's the thing. I, for, when I've watched this the last two years under Michael O'Neill, we don't create any clear. I, I'm trying to think the last time where we we created four clear chances. And it's when was the last time you can remember in a game where we created four great work chances where West Brom at home. That's how long ago was that? Just before Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. So it, it's coming down to the way we play is the problem, and this is why a lot of people are against Michael O'Neill. I'm not against him. Like I say, I'm still on the fence because I want him to be given money, and then I'll judge him after he's been given money. But the problem is when you've got a Sean, a, cherry, a little apple on the tree of Sean Dyche available, fans are going to turn, their, their heads are going to turn, yeah, they're going to yeah. go, I want, I want that man, because we know what he'll do if he comes at Stoke, he'd play a simple way of football, probably bring two players in and we'd be more effective. It would be. But for me, I like what Michael O'Neill does with the kids, but he's got to be more, they've got to be more impactful though. That's that's the thing, because they're all getting niggly injuries because they're playing too much football at such a young age as well. Yeah, Shooter's been yeah out I think that's, that's a fair comment too. And Alfie Doughty, when he comes back, um, there will always be, well, there'll be for a while the thought that is he going to get crocked again? Because he goes out on loan to, um, where did he go, Cardiff, and, and then he's done his hamstring again. And when we bought him, if you remember, his hamstring was badly damaged. So let's just hope he recovers, gets a good pre season, because he's fast. 
um, and let's hope he can slot in the side. But I don't know where he would play at this moment in time and how he would play. It depends if he keeps the same formation. I mean, he was like, I think he was signed for a 5-3-2 um, and, and that's gone now, hasn't it? Yeah, exactly. And, and it, was, it was like players like Ravi Matondo and I said we should have, we should have got him permanently as well. Because that gives you options off the bench. Because this is the problem when we look at our bench as well. There's no real options there now. On well, the bench yesterday, I mean, it was awful. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. But there's no options on the bench now for us to change formation effectively. Like, if we'd have Rabbi Matondo on there, he could come on and play on the left. And then Campbell on the right. And we can go more wide and try breaking. And it opens... Because that's the times when I've seen Michael O'Neill at his best, really, where we really played well was when we swapped and put wingers on and were able to break through and create more chances because there was more of them up front. Whereas this season, we don't have a plan B. So whenever things go wrong, it's just like-for-like swaps. And if that's a problem in the formation, the way we are playing tactically, that's not going to change anything. And that's why we've said it so many times about Michael O'Neill, where he'll go, right, well, I'll bring Madger off for Fletcher. What's that game do, really? You've just brought a slower man on. Yeah. When we tactically are wrong anyway. So yeah. that's where I'm getting at. And, and as you no, mentioned I earlier on. I agree with you. And then, of course, you see somebody like uh, Alan Nixon saying yesterday, we sleepwalking on or off the pitch and uh, on the pitch. And uh, my, my thoughts are, uh, as regards the manager, this will probably be the first season where he can. Uh, do things to make the team his own because most of the people that have um, he wanted rid of are now gone and I think this is the season that uh, we have to judge him on well it's true this this is his final season for me if, if, we, if we aren't neither if we're mid-table again by Christmas I want him gone that's I'll, I'll put that exactly, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll put it out now if, if we're mid-table and it's Christmas I want him gone and, and then then I'll be angry that you convinced me, Ange, to stick with him instead of bringing Sean Darsh in. Mm. So the future's there to be seen. You're either getting a, either getting a bollocking or a pat on the back. How do you well, feel about that? You talk, you, talk about, <laughs> you talk about managers, right? I mean, I think it's... Um, I think there's a load gone. I think there's 13 managers gone this season. Um, and I've got a feeling that O'Neill's about the third longest serving, serving manager in, in the Championship. Uh, so it's not just your mates like your mates like Sean Dyche out. You've you've got uh, Jukanovic out, haven't you? Warnock's obviously not going to stay. Tony Moby's not going to stay. That Ishmael bloke. There's um, Warburton at Queens Park Rangers. He's another one. I mean, it's very weird how um, how the game changes and and how you you can look at Burnley. I'd I'd never heard of the guy that's in charge of Burnley now. And uh, you wouldn't have thought that he was going to turn it around. You wouldn't have thought Nathan Jones was going to be such a wondrous person back at Luton. And sometimes things just click and the manager gets the credit for it. Or a different voice goes into a changing room and makes a difference. Just one simple tweak. And let's just hope that um, we now start getting a run with whoever is um, is in the manager's chair for for Stoke City let's just hope things change can't carry on as they are because 
I'm getting fed up of being just a no team, nobody's team in the middle of the championship, aren't you? Yeah, I've I've been sick of it for a while, to be honest. It, it, it's it's more the hit and miss of it where, you know, the, the thing is, this season, especially this season, I've been going this season and somebody will say, are you going to win? I'm never confident. I'm, I'm always, I don't know. I don't know. They could win, they could draw. I don't know. Or they could lose. I've, this season's been a real hit in the face for me for what's been going on at the club because we've been in the championship now for five years. We haven't once looked like a team that can go for it. Not once. Yeah. We, we, we had a little bit of a start of last season a little, and then a little hit at the start of this season. But we never looked convincing. And after that Christmas period, I give up then. I think you remember on the podcast that you were saying, oh, we'll still make the playoffs. I'd give yes, up then. I did, I did, and I, I got it wrong, but I'll get it right next season. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I said, after that result against Cardiff, Cardiff, I think it was, we haven't got the players for this. And it's it's pure and simple that way. We, we, we've we got a lot of players that we thought would... We, they look good on paper, but they aren't putting it on the pitch. I mean, look at Everton's team, and they're going to—they look like they're going to go down now. And you know, they've got players that cost them 30, 40 million, and they're in the bottom three. You know. Yeah, well, I—I I saw the game that, that they played today against Chelsea. They won't spoil it for anybody that perhaps is going to listen to this straight after and, and hasn't seen the game. But it was a different look to the Everton side today. They've suddenly realised that they could go down. Well, you've got it's this is a perfect chance for us. Burnley have turned things round, but you mentioned it early on, and we've been talking about strikers, and we've got to talk about the complete revolutionary turnaround and three players that have left our our club and got on to be fair enough. One was at a lower division, but I think Sam Vokes now has third, fourth top goal scorer in, the, in League One since he's moved to Wickham. Um, Benica Phobie's now surpassed 10 I think he's on 11 and he hasn't really been a first choice player and Sam Surridge is literally on fire what's going well, on? I'll, t- I'll, I'll say this about Sam Surridge right? he had his chance at Stoke and he missed a handful of chances I always thought one day he'll score a few goals but he won't score enough wherever he goes Nobody's really got a tune out of him. Yeah, okay, you can turn around and say Cooper's done well with him so far, but as he he couldn't get in the team at the start. He's got in the team now. He's banged in a few goals. I'm still not gutted that he's gone. He didn't want to play at Stoke. He didn't like being at Stoke. He didn't settle at Stoke. Let's see what happens at Nottingham Forest. But for me, um, any striker that we play, the way we play at the moment, isn't going to score bagfuls of goals because we don't move the ball fast enough. We're a bit pedestrian. And when you look at the way we play, how many times do we get past defences compared to how other teams get past our defence? We never... You, you said it yourself earlier. When How many times this season have you thought, we're going to swamp these, we're going to get a hatful against these? No, never. How many times never. have we all turned around and said, oh my God, sideways, backwards, whatever... And it isn't just this season, and it isn't just with O'Neill. It just seems to be the culture of the football club. And surely now something's got to change. Well, that's what we're going to discuss next. I mean, I agree with you, the players, even Sam Vokes. I mean, 
it's so strange how, how a player can rejuvenate from just moving from a club. You know, Sam Rooks couldn't hit a Barndover machine gun for us, but I think he's hit 19, 20 goals a season for Wickham in League One. So yeah. it shows just a change of place can just revolutionise a player into changing. But having said that, when you think of what we did, uh, we did virtually give them Peter Crouch and some money for Sam Rooks. Peter Crouch didn't exactly reignite his career at Burnley. But to be fair, he was 46. <laughs> well, he's getting that way. He wasn't as old as Jaggy Elkin. But yeah, I know what you say. Look, it's life, isn't it? Some people uh, are suited to working at some places and not the other. I don't think it's all that, though. I do think some of the structures at Stoke maybe could do with being improved. I do think it would be great if there was somebody with more of a football brain closer to the owners. But we got, we've got what we've got, and that's it. That's not the attitude, Angela. That's what we're on a okay, podcast to do, to discuss it and put our own opinions on what needs to change, which is why people like us, including our fella from Bristol. But we're going to have to now discuss about the big, big things that are going to be happening this summer. Obviously, players' contracts are coming to the end. You know, Benic Phobia, we're talking about him, he's coming back, but he will be gone. Well, he won't be coming back because his contract's up at the end of the season after his loan spell. But we've got Peter Etebo returning as well. From Watford, where I don't think he's—I think he's played two twice since he's since he's been well, he there. Well, he got injured, but I, I don't think we'll see Etebo back at Stoke. Well, did, is there a chance for him, or is, is, is he going to be out on loan again next season? Because he has got I one year left. He, look, I don't think he wants to come back to Stoke. I think he will still think he's good enough for the um, Premier League. Uh, whether we think he is good enough or not is irrelevant. He left Stoke because he thought he would get in the Premier League. He's hardly played for Watford. I think he'll still want to get in the Premier League. And you look at some of the clubs that are going up and some near the bottom, somebody might take a punt on him, but I don't think we'll see him back at Stoke. Well, that's, I, personally, I don't want to see him back at Stoke. He, he looked good for a short stint, didn't he? But then he, yeah. he, his attitude started becoming like in Bueller and in Dye. And that was the end of that. So we're going to talk about Joe Allen. Um, I'm hearing small reports that he, he isn't even entertaining a new contract at Stoke because apparently Leicester... One team on it, but only on a free transfer. Well, I've not heard that. Um, if he stays, I'll think okay. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be disappointed if he stayed. I wouldn't be disappointed if he went. I personally don't think he'll stay. Uh, I don't think he will. But he, there's going to be a mass raid this summer, in my opinion. Well, that, that's what I think needs to happen. If we yeah. want to to get anywhere near promotion. These players have got to be gone because for me, if I see Smith getting a new contract or certain other players that I'm not really think are hitting the bill, I see that as an utter statement of unambition for me. And if we keep all the players that we know aren't good enough just for the sake of keeping a player because we don't bring another one in because it costs money, I see that as complete un- unambition. Especially when we've got owners as rich as ours, and I know they've got money and it's their money and they can do what they want, and we can look at it on the outside, but we haven't got their kind of money to invest, if you know what I mean. But we've got to go for it this time, haven't we? I'm sick of being in this division now. It's it's make it's 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 depressing me. It's depressing the Stoke fans. You can tell by the attendances how they're slumping away all of a sudden. I was speaking to a friend this week. And he said to me, I've got no interest in going now, I want the season over, I've had enough. And he said that to me not long after Christmas. That's what's got to change at this club, Antis. Yeah, and you talk about attendances, I was amazed at Middlesbrough. 
uh, yesterday, I thought the place would be packed. Yeah. Because they'd still got... It was hard. It, well, they weren't, honestly, it was pretty sparse compared to what I was thinking about. And for over 980 fans from Stoke to turn up there and watch that share of excrement yesterday was a bit disappointing. Yeah, yeah, because I, th- I think they have given up now. But next week against Coventry... No, next week there'll be a different team. World beaters next week. Right, a bit of positivity then, Anne. So we've got Coventry in the last game. People uh, from Coventry are trying to buy season tickets. I'll be honest, I, I think you can get them for free, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think Coventry fans need to pay to get some somebody's season ticket for the final game. Um, what do we think of this one? I think Stoke will win 2-0. 2-0? Yeah. End on a clean sheet. I've seen a 1-0 defeat. Um, I think Coventry are fighting for this and we've seen that against Middlesbrough where they had something fight for and they've got a chance now, haven't they, under Wilder of getting in that playoff spot ahead of Sheffield United, isn't it? Uh, yes, they have. Um, you're on about Middlesbrough, yes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, it just depends on the last day's results. I mean, if, if you look at Coventry, how, how Coventry have done this season, I mean, at one point... You know they were in the playoffs. Now they're eleventh. Um, they can't get any higher than tenth um, because the only people they can overtake are West Brom. They've got two points more than us. So if we actually beat them, we can end up being um, joint tenth, depending upon West Brom how they West Brom do. Um, and we could just sneak that on goal average. So it would be nice to finish in the top half of the table, wouldn't it? Oh, I thought Coventry were still up there. No, they're 11th. Oh. You can't possibly get promoted. Oh. are the only one that can... Oh, so it's, 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 I'll, change, I'll change it then to 1-1. One, one. <laughs> See? He's so fickle. <laughs> well, I thought Coventry were way up there, but they, they no. fell away like us, haven't they? Because they were up there with yeah. us, weren't they? Yeah. Because they were feared and, at one point, weren't they, as well? Yeah, they were. And, and, you know, the one team that's really annoyed me that is still up there... Look, Luton have done okay, and you have to hold your hands up and say they've done well. The one that's really annoyed annoyed me is Huddersfield Town. I've watched them play several times this season, and hand on heart, I've just got this feeling that everything's falling into place for them because we were robbed against them twice. I've seen other matches where they've had very good rub of the green. Uh, I've just got this horrible feeling they're going to go up and they don't deserve it. But... My team, Sheffield United, who oh. I picked, are still in there. So Sheffield United might just do what I said because you picked Coventry, didn't you? No. But you had Coventry, no. Queen's Park Rangers, and who else was it? No, uh, Barnsley. I had to go through play. That's right, Barnsley, <laughs> are, as you would expect. Well, they're propping everybody else up at the bottom of the championship. They're gone. I know, I know. We're going to have a look back because I had a listen back and some of yours have shocked me a bit. So no, 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 no. Mine have shocked you because they're so good. No, no, but no. Talking about, talking about Stoke next season and how we've got to get things right, what do you think about um, Nick Powell? I'd let him go. Yeah, but do you think he'll stay? I think he will stay because I think the way Stoke is at the moment because he's a bit of a fan favourite it's faded a lot because everyone's now starting to realise that his injury problems are creeping in but we can't rely on him and that's the problem if we want to go up we need players that are going to be fit firing and ready to go for most of the season and the problem is with Nick Powell since he's joined he's been very good I'm not sitting here going knocking his 
ability because there is real ability there. But I now sit in the same camp as what why Wigan let him go because you can't rely on him because he's injured too much. He's, he, yeah, he, but but when he isn't injured, he's got great ability. I mean, the way he threads the balls through uh, to, to other players, his vision's really good. The problem is, um, whilst he's the only player that can open up teams that we've got at the moment, he gets nobbled because he is a bit of a threat, but sometimes he annoys me because he stands there waiting to get nobbled. He, he invites those challenges. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem, like I say, the problem is with somebody who's injured that much, he's, he's too much of a clinical person. It's like... Wenger's Arsenal team when Bergkamp slotted in just behind the strikers it's too important of a position to have somebody who's injury prone he's a very good player and I would keep hold of him maybe as a backup or play up front and play off off Brown or replace Brown as the knock on man but for me we need somebody more consistent in that role somebody who's going to stay fit for you know if we can get somebody who's who's fit for over 35 games a season that's ideal. Fair enough, there's a bit of leeway in for a few matches where he isn't fit, but we need somebody consistent. And the problem is when you've got somebody who's out for months and months at a time, That because if you looked over Christmas, that's when he had his first niggle, we dropped points for fun. Then then we picked up again when he come back in. Then he got injured again till pretty much the end of the season and the points dwindled away and we ended up where we are now, 12-13. Yeah. We can't rely on players like that. They're too important. They're too clinical. I'm not saying let him go because he's he's. I think he's got a contract till the end of next season anyway, Auntie. But if a if a money come offer comes in, then you let him go. Yeah, but wouldn't you quite like to see him and Baker in the in the same team? I would, but it's the same response again. How many times would we? The thing is, yeah, I think yeah. uh, Joe Allen's going to go and. We've we've got to go for it this year because we, this is a great chance for whoever the manager. Well, we know who the manager is going to be Michael O'Neill, but it's a great chance now to properly go for it with a new statistic base and and get them right players in. There's players available. I think Jamal Lowe at Newcastle would fit us perfectly. I know he's turned us down in the past, but now it's now it's his career, and it, I think he'd really work well under O'Neill, who created him really with the Northern Ireland setup. You know, there's a few players that I'd take a punt on. I'd go again for Delap on loan as that spare striker to replace Fletcher, because then there's no pressure on him to play first choice and be the main man. But he can come off the bench and and get him there. And maybe if we do, we'll get him on a permanent basis and see where we can go with him. He's fallen down the trap. You hit the bill as well, Gavin Bazuni, who was really impressed on loan. I'd be hunting for him. With everything going, because I think Bazuna hunting, Bazuna hunting, he'd be great in goal for us. He, he's he's a future goalkeeper. He is, and okay. they're just a few that I'm gonna I'm gonna just a little bit of an int peek before I go into who else I'd sign. But I think okay. I think they'd improve us. Them three right. three already. You must have seen Bazuna play, and as a goalkeeper, who looks the better young goalkeeper at the moment, Bazuna or Berzik? Bazuna. Well, there you go. So for me, if we can get him on loan for a season or and we probably can't get him permanent because he's really impressing. But we've got to look at these kind of players for me. We need some spine. So midfield-wise, I think Alan going, we're going to have to replace and bring, like you said before, like an house in it. Somebody will fight for everything and get them players properly revved up. We need leaders. And that's where I'm looking at it. We need proper leaders this time. Not just somebody who's 40. 
in bringing him in because he's 40. I mean, good leaders in the midfield that can pick us up and go, right, stop messing about. Because that's where we went wrong on Saturday. We didn't have leaders to push us out, to get us back in, in front or get us back in motivating. That result against Cardiff was because we had no leaders in there to go, right, get a grip. We're falling apart here. And Michael O'Neill's mentioned it and said it, but those players are not going to be cheap. There's a player in Scotland that I'd take a punt on if we, if we had three million spare. Uh, Ferguson, Lewis Ferguson at Aberdeen. I think he'd suit our midfield perfectly. A box-to-box, powerful, got a really good right foot on him. There's good players out there, but, it's, it, but it, and I don't think they'd, they'd be majorly overpriced as well, but you've got to be in there first. Absolutely. And that, that's what I've, I've said so many times. There is good players, and you can probably get them for cheap prices. There's a player in League One I like the look of. It's um, Portsmouth, a defender. I just can't think of his name. Um, he'd be brilliant at left wing-back if, if he doesn't rate Dowerty or... Where are you getting the money from? Well, we've got the money. We've got the money. Depends on how ambitious they want to be, Ange. I've said this before. If we want to be a top side, show it. We've got the money, the owners have got the money, they're the richest in the championship by some way. They might have the money, but you're still restricted by FFT. You're only restricted if you don't go up. Now, yeah, well, we haven't gone up, have we? No, we haven't gone up, but we, we did. We, we spent money horrifically, but we didn't have this new team that we've got now. We, we've, we've now know we've got an athletic system in with that scout work. We've got this C E O O O O O O as you said the other week. Who's who's coming in? The O O. It's coming in as well. So let's see where the owners. If let let's be honest, Andrew, do they do they want to go in the Premier League? I think they do. Yes. Show it then. If you want to see us go up, let's follow Aston Villa model. Let's not be daft. Let's not. I mean, look at Swansea now. They haven't had a go for it at all. They've actually made money. They could go for it next season and fork out sixty million and go up, because they've, yeah. they they haven't spent any money. Yeah. Yes, we but did. Do you want to be like Norwich? No, because we've we've got rich owners where Norwich haven't. So if we well, went up, I expect more spend again because that they is have football. Nicer cakes, though. You are. They have nicer cakes. It's a nicer place. It's it's lovely near the seaside. I love it round there. I've got to be honest. It's just a right. Ball ain't getting there, but <laughs> it's it's a lovely place. Well, let's go down that route again with you and your appendages. <laughs> but like I say to you, if we want to go for it, we go for it because then, yeah. then we'll see what they're made out of. Because for me, I know it's great what they've been doing with the fans and you know supporting supporting us and get, getting us free travel and all that. But for me, what I heard from another podcast source, which I'm slightly tending to agree with, that it's it's like a, a it's like a you can't have a go at us because we're doing this for you. And it's like, yeah. well, don't look as we're not spending or doing this, this, this. Look at what we're doing for you. It's like a, it, it's like an avoidance, isn't it, of, of getting to the real matter of yes, the real yeah, problems. Right. Rather than, right. well, we're giving you free travel, but yeah, we've wasted 60 million on garbage. But ignore that, we're giving you free travel. <laughs> it's one of them. Right, so before we end it, because it's been a very downward podcast and blaming you Angela you've been very negative this week yeah I knew it would be me it, it can be it's mainly me it, it, will be. it could get worse though it could if we don't do anything against Coventry but we're going to hope there's going to be a big massive overhaul and there's a lot to come from the Potters podcast we're going to do more we're going to try to do some interviews we're going to do a lot but yeah before... I was meaning it could be worse when you asked me about the women today oh brilliant how did the women get on Angela tell us some great well, news they played West Brom in the last match of the season today 
Um, and uh, there's a song, isn't there, that we always used to sing, um, and then we went through a bit of a bad time when we couldn't sing it. But anyway, um, there's a player that played for Stoke today called Nick Hudson, who's played for Stoke, been with the club for 19 years, and it was her last game today uh, for, for the Potters. And I thought it was really nice that she came off um, and she was uh, replaced by somebody that had come through the region talent, the regional talent, which I thought was really nice. So that was a good thing today, wasn't it? Would you like to know the score now? Uh, yes, that's a nice thing. Incredible service and good luck in the future. Uh, so the last game of the season. Oh, don't tell me. We always it? beat West Brom. No, we haven't. We been. needed to win today. So would you like to know the result? Yeah, go on. We always beat West Brom 2-0. <laughs> Hey. hey, that's me got you back. No, I knew I would see the score before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great on the way. Two goals in the first half, coasted the second, get in, well done ladies. And that's, well done, that's us staying up now as well, isn't it? We are staying up, so we are staying up. There we go, what a day. So at least they stayed up and that, I think that, if we had a manager, because they'd, they'd basically be giving it a no, but it'd, it'd just be a picture of a, of a statue for manager of the year, wouldn't it? Well, I mean, Ian, why don't you apply to do it next season? You I, could be that statue. I might imagine if I did it, they'd be top of the WSL in two years. It'd be yeah. incredible. Absolutely. I mean, they do it just to get away from you, Ian. <laughs> I think it'd be bad news me going in there as well. But Honestly, everybody listening to the podcast, please send your messages and mail to Stoke City Women at, you know, stokecityfc.com and put forward who you would like to be the sidekick of Ian as the manager. <laughs> yeah, but they'll just put you down, Ange. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. I, I would be too competitive. I would be on the pitch. Honestly, I'm so competitive, Ian. I'd be like one of those parents when somebody kicks your kid when you're watching the school kids. I'd be on the pitch kicking them. Honestly, I'm very competitive. So you, so me. you'd be the mainly manager, and I'd just be employed as the manager just to calm well, you down. You'd be the magic sponge person. Oh no, I'm not doing that. I'm not running on the pitch. Not at my age. We're not with, that. A, with, a, with a bucket and some ice. Watch him get up when Ian. Here comes Ian and the magic sponge. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> what are you trying to say here? <laughs> I'm not, I, you know, I'm not saying anything here. I, I just don't want to depress you. Right. So that's the final final um, podcast of the away ones this year. We've got one Correct. last home one, which is Coventry, last match of the season. Yes. Number which you watch your prediction? One uh, one. Yes, mine's 2 0, as you know. Two, and two I tell goals. You what we'll do, Ian. I tell you what we'll do. The, the winner of the podcast, the last result of the podcast, because I know I'm way in front. No, you're not way in front. I'm winning 2 1. Yeah, well, it's, you're always winning 2 1. Um, <laughs> no, no. At the end of the season, whoever's result is correct, the other person takes them out for a drink. How about that? Bloody hell. <laughs> See now you're gonna go. Now you're gonna go for some ridiculous score, aren't you? The pressure's on. Two nil, two nil, and I drink white wine. <laughs> we won't win. Not two nil. If you said one nil, you you're already listening. <laughs> what do you drink? We laffe blonde normally. A beer. Oh right, okay. Well, it'll be water for you if you win. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. That's that one for this week. So thanks for listening. You know where we are. We're on all social media platforms. 
just get on and join. I'm sick of saying, I'm saying, I've been saying that for months now. Come on, just join. Just join all of you. Come on, let's go. Let's make it big. And if you listen on a podcast platform and you found this for the first time, we're on them all. So your favourite one, that one where you listen to your most podcasts, get on it. Type in the Potters podcast, you'll find us easy. This is obviously the last match of the season. We're going to try bring new things next year. We're going to try start doing some interviews where me and Angela interview some players. That's in motion. We're going to try to do that and bring that to the YouTube channel. And if you aren't on the YouTube channel, it's the Potters podcast again. There's not much on there at the moment. Well, there's nothing on there really at the moment. We haven't got round to it. But like I say, get on all social media, get on your favourite podcast. And if you are on iTunes, if you could do us a great favour and give us a five-star review, it means a lot to us, it means a lot to Ange, it means a lot to the podcast. So thanks for listening. Ta-ra. All the best.